freaking I'll freaking pod your races, you little baby bitch. Well, you're a pod racist. I'll I'll, I'll fucking I'll midi your Chlorians. I'll fucking boba your fat. I swear to God. You know it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the least listened to podcast in the world. I was going to say... No, I think we have more than Limp Biscuits podcast. They have a podcast? I don't know. It's called... Uh, shit, I don't know enough Limp Biscuit songs to make a pod. I, and as far as I can... It's called It's called Are We Rollin'. There we go. I got, I got one. I figured it out. That's good. That's a good one. But uh, a good yeah, so welcome. This is episode welcome. 23. 23 nobody likes you when you're 20 shut up we had a conversation last week about how i don't like blink 182 well and i give him a little more credit don't want to speak no further on it now it's raining quite hard outside at the moment well currently it just stopped at my house but i'm sure it'll pick right back up uh it, it it's it's a little softer right now but it's still going it's really coming out there coming down and coming on everything um and there's some thunder some for some amb- yeah. amb- ambient ambient background noise yeah i'm in a small house with a metal roof yeah you so, live you live in in what many would describe as a shack a shanty a shanty house well you know it's 2021 and i think the term is like cottage core dream house no that's cottage core is a <laughs> is a well-constructed hardy cottage with deep within the wood <laughs> And you're in more you're in more of a of a large outhouse in a in a in a desolate uh, dirt patch. Listen, you're mooching off of someone else's house. This is my own. I don't want to fucking hear it. Well, that's I mean, you know, I don't pay for uh, shitty houses, so Listen. You don't have to come over anymore. That's okay. I'll fucking I'll I won't come over, I'll come on though. You I wish you would, coward. Well, Austin, uh, to quote that one, I can't remember who said it. That's one of the um, Bush administration defense or military guys. I don't remember which one. But to quote the famous meme of him, uh, we got him. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Oh, that was that was W. No, that was not W. I'm talking about that meme where it's the guy in the suit and he at the press conference. He says oh. about Saddam Hussein and goes, yeah, yeah, "Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, we got him." And of course, today I say that in do you know, in reference to uh, Andy Kwame. Andy Andy Andrew Andrew uh, quotation marks Rivers Cuomo. Uh, little known fact, he is the same. It's the same guy. He's also the singer of. Paul Bremer. Of Weezer. I said the diplomat's name. Oh, uh, Paul Bremer. Right, Paul right. Paul Bremer. Thank yeah, you. That was his name. You Thank know. you. You're welcome. Anyway, uh, yeah, so little known. I mean, people talk about, oh, you know, he's related to Chris Cuomo, who's on the CNN or whatever. They don't talk about the third brother, famous musician, Rivers Cuomo of Weezer. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yes, Andrew Cuomo, uh, noted Italian and uh, now, of course, outed as a sexual predator, former governor of New York, now 
not governor of New York. He's out by the former. He's out of office as of today, Tuesday, August 10th. He's bye bye. So that's no, one I'm... less Italian in a position of power. So I consider. Yeah, I won't it, rest until we get none. I consider it a, a a solid, you know, positive move. So I'm I'm satisfied. Um. So I I shared a reductress article on Instagram. Yeah. Wow. How brave! Was... What an ally. <laughs> okay. I'm just uh, go on. But it was literally just a picture of Cuomo that said report. Fuck this guy. Oh, yeah, I, I saw that. I shared that, and a friend of mine um, uh, texted me that day, and she said, wait, what did Cuomo do? Uh-huh. And my immediate response that I didn't send... Sorry about that, everyone. We were interrupted because Austin's power went out because, again, as I said, he lives in what many would be describe as a vagrant shack. God damn it. You're a real piece of shit, you know that? Yeah, I sure do. Now, Good. so the girl said, what did Cuomo do? It was she where said, we what were. did Cuomo do? Okay. And my immediate, what I wanted to say was like, what the fuck, do you like not follow the news at all? Um, Like, this person owns a MAGA hat, like, and is kind of a self-proclaimed centrist. Mm-hmm. Just like that kind so of So they person. should be eating this up. The two people, the two groups that are most enjoying this are, are left wing people because yeah, right. Cuomo is like a, a, a big lib and right wing people again because Cuomo is a big lib. Right. So I don't know. It's I'm sure you can guess who it is. I'm not trying to name drop on our podcast, but um, I don't you know. I don't know. Sure. I don't think I know. She has a unique name. OK, um, sure. I'll text you her name. Well, so I make... think I know. Um, maybe anyway, but anyway, so she, she's like, what did Cuomo do? And I, I was like, what the fuck? Like, how do you not know this? And so then I just sent a New York times article that was like what we know about, or like what we learned from the Cuomo hearing or whatever. Like it was just something to like recap the events of it. Uh huh. And she just never replied Yeah. <laughs> because she would be someone who like would totally fucking deny that kind of thing. Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. So she's pro uh, rape. Not you would say. No, because you know that's where it gets tricky. They just. She's one of them pro rape people. God, Jesus Christ! No, it's just that I, she's she's the kind of person that would be like, oh well, they're coming forward for attention. Oh okay. Well, hopefully she never has to come forward for any reason. Well, you know that's the tricky thing, isn't it? Uh, anyway, so anyway. yeah, Cuomo stepping down. Now, a flashback that I love. Have you ever seen or heard the audio from the video about where Cuomo is uh, telling the female reporter about how about about eating a sausage? Uh, no. I've got it pulled up here. I'll, I'll play the audio into the mic off of my phone because I don't have I don't know how to do it otherwise. I don't have a technical advanced <laughs> setup enough. Uh, so like it's at some sort of I don't know public event, and you know he, Cuomo was like eating some sort of like hot dog or like sausage you know sandwich, 
and like a female reporter, you know, made a comment or something, you know, or asked him a question, and then he insisted, "Oh, you need to get a a, a sausage sandwich too." So at the start of this video, he he has he has a assistant guy, and he's like whispering to him to like basically like, "Oh, get her this." And so then she's given the sandwich. So he says, I want to see you eat oh. the whole sausage. Yeah. Yeah. And then she goes over to him. She's sitting next to him now. And he, he introduces his daughter that's sitting right next to him. And he's like, oh, yeah, there's a lot of pressure. You got to eat that sausage. He's like, there's too much sausage. And, and she takes a picture with him. Now she's going in for a, for a bite. Let's see if he has something to say about it. It's not as easy to eat this in front of all these cameras. So she's like, it's uncomfortable to eat it in front of all these cameras. And he's like, yeah, that's right. That's right, baby. Oh, but you have to eat the sausage. That's, all, that's part of the, the being the government, right? Like, uh, well, there people. is a course yeah. when you get elected to office. They have a course called eating on camera. <laughs> and then eating on camera while talking to colleagues. <laughs> but yeah, so basically it's just him being really creepy to this reporter and being like, that's that's not how you eat a sausage. You really gotta get in there and eat the sausage, cabaron. God. You know, so that's a great flashback. Uh, oh, that was in 2016 guy. from that video. God, rest in peace. Right? Too bad. Out of office now, you know? Yeah, All that bad. Italian folksy charm. Uh, R.I.P. Uh, Andrew Cuomo from New York governor this is not even mentioning all of the old people he killed during the pandemic by sticking them in nursing homes that were too full because his friend owns the nursing homes uh and and all that fun business and you know he's like hey it's okay that i was i kiss everybody i love kissing men and babies and kids i like kissing children on the mouth so his his defense was that he the that he sexually assaults everybody so that it's okay, it's okay that these people that their claims aren't valid because he sexually assaults everybody. You That's, know, for some reason that that brings me back to when Norm Macdonald was on Comedians and Gars, whatever. Oh, the Bill Cosby. And, yeah, and and Seinfeld's like the hypocrisy. Like, the hypocrisy. And, he, and what Norm's kills like, me the most is the hypocrisy. And Norm's Norm. like, well, you know, I I think the worst part was the raping. Right, right. <laughs> well, with... Inter- like, literally just bringing it in and be like, no, that's definitely the worst part. Sure. Like, like Cuomo's trying to say, like, the sexism is the worst part. It's like, I, no, I guess. dude, yeah. that's, that's well, not the worst part. Cuomo, Cuomo was going after a little-known defense that uh, that says, oh, if you equally sexually assault everyone, then it, then it's allowed. Uh, it's called the, equal- the Sexual Assault Equality Act. Right. Like, uh, you it's know, the SA- never... SAE... S-A-E-A, the C-A. Uh, and right, not to be confused with the Society of Automotive Engineers. Obviously. Um, That's the C-O. Mm-hmm. 
society. Oh, that's the SOAO. And we're it's talking the, about the well, CAO. It's, it's the SAE. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh, engineer is spelled with an E, not an O. Right. What? Ne- never mind. Anyway. Are you good? Uh, yeah, but Cuomo was like, I love kissing people. And now the only people he's going to be kissing is the unemployment office, uh, secretary. No, he's totally just going to be, he doesn't, he's, uh, you know, it's really funny how, you know, like a year ago, people were like, he should be the president. Uh, and maybe they were right. Cause I mean, apparently to be the president, you have to have a sexual assault allegation against you. Uh, so now it's been proven that maybe he is presidential material. Uh, so yeah, look out for himself? look out for that run in twenty twenty four. I wonder, like, if we went through the history of presidents. I mean, obviously, there's no way to do this with most of them, but like, could you find out which ones haven't don't have any uh, like, record? Like I that? would say probably not many. I like, like. Most, yeah, there's everyone like pre a couple everyone pre-slavery abolishment a hundred percent oh for sure with with people they owned as property yeah yeah uh and then i don't know i feel like maybe abraham lincoln is a clean boy because maybe fdr may well he's from like rich he's from like high society family he probably got into creepy yeah, rich yeah. person shit I, I I I think I would I, my heart would want to say Teddy Roosevelt, but he wasn't perfect. He probably like he probably like hit on women because you that he seems like the kind of guy he seems like the kind of kind of yeah maybe he didn't sigma make, like, male sigma male like, mindset Teddy Roosevelt. He, no, he is he's the like alpha in any situation he was in. Yeah, <laughs> at least he wanted to be. Yeah. Um. So I'd say most, if not all. Yeah, ninety percent. Uh, yeah. I mean, and like basically, everyone in the last like sixty years, it's like on record that it's yeah. been alleged. Uh, right. so that's that. Uh, Andrew Cuomo. Uh, goodbye until we see you next time. Good riddance. Eat, eat, eat that sausage, baby. Eat shit. Ah, you scared me. <laughs> and what an ap- what a apropos thing to say, and a- apropos spooky rain mood, because today we got another spooky movie. Now, Austin, would you tell everyone what the movie is that I told you in via text message? Tonight's movie is Cannibals of the Blood Disco. That is correct. That is the title that I texted you. Now, Austin, what what do you want to know about this here film? What do you have um, in mind well, before I go I into the details? Say, I just want to say that t- tonight and last week's movies, strong titles. Very strong. Like, Agreed. really evocative. Yeah. Really, like, making you think of shit, right? It's, it's, um, uh, it stands out. It's unique. There's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about what this movie's going to be about. It's not like, you know, the whatever, and it's like, well, that could be about a number of things, you know. No, this movie, like, obviously I don't know anything about it besides the title, but I have a good idea. The, the title gives you a, a, good, a good approximation. 
Same with last week. I mean, it's deathbed, the bed that eats. Like, right. Okay. And it and it does. Right. That's what it did. That's what the movie's about. I can't be mad at that. So, good so, point. Cannibals of the Blood Disco. Right. Is it an actual club that these cannibals hang out at? And yeah. are they they're like preying on regular people going to those clubs? Yes, essentially. That's you, wow. You're on the nose there. Bam. See, the title gave it away. Yes. Um, now, how recent of a movie is this? Because if it's a disco, I'm having to think it's probably in the 80s. It was made in the late 70s. Yes. Okay, okay. Well, basically the 80s. Basically. Um, sure, sure. Um, is there anyone of note in it? No. Perfect. Not like Same not even as, involved in Very production. similar to last week. Yes. Okay, word. Very similar to last week. Bunch of nobodies. Um, did Brendan Urie have anything to do with this? Thankfully, no. Okay, good. Because then it would be real panic at the blood, panic at the blood disco, cannibals <laughs> of the panic at the blood disco. Right, and uh, high high hopes of the cannibals of the. Di- well, it's called Cannibals of the Blood Disco. It's actually about Pete Buttigieg, <laughs> and he eats people at a disco, and he well, sings just, you know, high high good, hopes. Like as much as I enjoy Panic at the Disco's music, uh, if Brendan Urie was a part of this, it would definitely be a lot more racist and transphobic. Yep, probably. And don't want that. Yeah. Um, not that I, you know, I can't say if the movie is racist or transphobic because I obviously hadn't seen it, so I'm making assumptions that right. it's not. You're ma- you're assuming, it could be. Um, it, they just say there's a 15 minute segment where all the characters just stare at the camera and say the N word in unison for 10 minutes. It's terrifying, from what I've heard. Yeah. Um. Um. What's the runtime of this movie? Is it a long one? No, it's fairly short. It's under an hour 30. I think it's like around... So it's not even feature length? Well, no, I mean, feature length is technically anything over like, I think an hour and... Oh, oh Jesus. Jesus What Christ. a spooky storm that we have outside. Are you okay? You get struck by lightning? No, that looked like the lightning was in my front yard. Like, Damn. I mean, it sounded... I mean, I can hear it. It was a big Ooh. thing here. And it sounded even louder from your end. That so. sounded like it was right above my house. That's terrifying. And you got a metal roof, so game over if that. Well, hits. I mean, I'm fine, but like, you know. Well, if it hits the roof. Well, your house makes a Faraday cage. Oh, really? Just about. Okay. Uh, no, I think a feature is technically like as long as it's over like an hour and five or an hour oh, and it? ten. I think, but I could be. Oh, wrong. I'm pretty reason, sure. I thought ninety minutes was. No, because there are plenty of movies that are under ninety minutes. Oh, word. True. Especially. Not, you know, not more, you know, older ones. But, yeah, this one I think runs around an hour 20. Okay, okay. If I remember right from last night. Um, now, are these cannibals, do they work at the club? Or are they just, like, club go? Okay, so, like, I guess what I'm picturing is, like, you know in Blade? Right, at the, the club where he goes the vampire in. club? Yeah. Uh, is it like that where most people at the club are cannibals? No, the cannibals. The, yeah, the they can- just happen to exist in this regular club. The cannibals are like existing in the club, but they're not the club goers. They're like the club's dirty secret. Okay, so the club knows about it. Well, like the owners of the club. Well, we'll get into that. Ooh, I don't want to give ooh, too ooh. much away right now. I like the intrigue. Sure. Okay. Um, the mystery. And my last question. Uh, do we see someone get eaten, and is it really bad effects, like shitty props? I wouldn't. It's not like last week. We don't have any goofy skeleton hands, but okay. uh, we do That's see someone. I'd say it's decent uh, gore, not 
it's not it's not realistic in any way but it's like better than troll 2 they they put in some nice effort so you know that's good um so yeah do you want to hear questions cool do you want to hear some facts about this film oh baby you know i want to hear the facts all right so this is originally as i said uh from 1978 um so and, but we'll get into its release because as similar, very similar, in fact, to last week, a bit of a diff- tumultuous release, but it was made in 1978. Um, it's, it's an Italian horror movie, um, oh, kind, Italian. Of, kind of in that 1970s, you know, general, you know, the Giallo movie, you know, uh, vibe of, uh, of like Dario Argento movies from uh, the 70s. It's not exactly because Giallo movies technically are, like, mo- the majority of them for, like, the normal tropes. It, it has to do with, like, a mysterious, like, slasher or killer. And this mm-hmm. is more, like, obviously, like, a supernatural thing. But, like, generally, like, style-wise and, like, you know, genre-wise, it fits into that genre. Um, it's one of the, at least in Italy, um, but, like, in general, too, it was a very early movie that was actually shot on um, tape as opposed to film. Um, not not VHS, but it was shot on the bigger uh, three quarters tape. Um, the, the 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 actual format was called U-Matic, um, and it was actually initially U-Matic was uh, three quarters tape was used for a lot of news channels used it, especially for like their um, you know like in the field reports um, because it's obviously easier to film on that and then immediately be able to take it back and use it at the mm. studio rather than having to develop film. Oh, nice, um, nice. And that actually ties right in because the director of this, a guy named, uh, I'm, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, but again, Italian, so I don't particularly care, <laughs> Lorenzo, <laughs> Lorenzo Fulcioni. Uh, nice. And it, and a it cool make, name, actually. Yeah, well, you know, they, they often do the Italian Lorenzo Fulcioni. The Italian directors have pretty good names. Uh, I'll see. But it makes sense that he shot on three-quarters tape because he actually was a... Uh, his normal, his like main uh, trade was he was a technical director, at, uh, you know, behind the scenes pers- person for uh, TV news stations in Italy. Um, and uh, the, however, with this movie though, because it was shot on this tape format, the distributors in Italy once it was finished weren't really, they didn't really end up wanting to buy it. They kind of, they kind of shafted old Lorenzo. Um, and not ended up not wanting to buy the movie from him, um, and so he kind of was just screwed over and just stuck with this movie um, that was never really released. Kind of similar to last week, except the only difference was as compared to last week, where it kind of got out through pirated copies and became kind of like an underground thing. This one literally was only found last year, when what? yeah, when one of uh, the director's family members, because he's dead now. But, like, I, I think it's either, like, his grandson or something. You know, they were all staying in, obviously, in Italy. Everyone had to stay inside from COVID. And apparently they were having to go through the, his all of these old possessions of Lorenzo Fultioni. And this was one of the things that was found was, like, an original, you know, copy of this film. And so the, ne- the not nephew, uh, but I said grandson, ended up working with, you know, distributor because, you know, there are plenty of little places that love this kind of you know genre stuff and they ended up releasing it kind of a small label uh limited release and you know now it's up online and stuff too 
So kind of a crazy little journey to get this film released. That's wild. So, yeah, and, and, you know, that being the case, there's not a whole lot, you know, out there on the film besides this kind of basic, uh, you know, general information. Um, yeah. It's not technically, it's, you know, it's not been around for that long to the general public. So, you know, it's not, not as much uh, background on it. But, yeah, so that's the info I have on it. Well, that's very interesting. That's, like, one of the, the lesser amounts of info we have on a movie so far, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like Himoti level. Um, where, yeah, true. Where, you know, like, obviously I had all that, like, uh, you know, thematic analysis of it, but very, you know, much on just the actual filmmaking and, and statistics side and info side. It's not a whole lot. And this kind of reminds me of that, too, because it's very, yeah, it's it's not definitely not well-known yet, anyway. I feel like it might grow over time. You think it'll become a cult classic? I think it has definitely a potential, too, because it's kind of, like, the perfect amount of, like, cheesiness and all that. Oh, I love that. You know I love cheesiness. So, you know I'm a cheesy boy. So, you ready to get into it? Oh, yeah. All right, baby. All right, Austin. All right. Cannibals of the Blood Disco. You ready for the plot? Okay, okay. I'm ready. I'm ready for the plot. All right. Well, listen up. Focus. All right? Okay, okay I'm focused. Focus at me. Here, look, I'm trying my best. You know me, how I am. Look me in my eyes. I can't see you. Where are you? All right, well. Pretend. Oh, my God, you're behind me. Holy shit. Ah, pretend, okay? Okay, I'm pretending. All right, so we start off... Um, and it's like a, it's very much you know 70s aesthetic and and again this is like early videotape so it's pretty grainy not the best picture quality uh it definitely considering they decided to shoot a lot of this at night and in dark locations so some of it's a bit hard to see uh to say the least love that uh but we have a guy and a girl you know all decked out uh 1970s eight and they are heading into this uh what the guy says is exclusive discotheque and it's kind of been we tell we can tell that it's you know rome giant big city in italy uh and it's kind of like hidden away you know back alley kind of secret club but once they get back to it it's very popular and they see like a lot of people entering um it seems kind of like this exclusive uh you know you got to know about it but it's a big deal so they go inside this uh this discotheque this dance club um and they're uh, inside and they're dancing you know we've got some great like uh italian disco music in the background um oh nice lots of fun you know that kind of stuff i bet italian disco music rules oh it's great i love it i listen to a fair bit of italian disco music sometimes. i'm not surprised at all by you telling me that so it's good stuff um anyway while they're dancing we suddenly see we cut and it's like a point of view shot and it's like the kind of like a creepy bre- heavily breathing like pov of someone like watching the dance floor specifically this guy and the girl um mm-hmm. like hidden um and we can't really tell obviously like they're hiding in something and kind of looking through a, a peephole or a little you know looking hole to watch um anyway the uh the guy um uh, goes to the bathroom 
and he's in the bathroom, and, you know, he flushes the toilet and goes to wash his hands. Good. Glad and he's washing his hands, and all of a sudden we have a POV shot, and kind of, like, we see, like, the wall slide open behind him, uh, like, from the POV. So it's, like, goes from black, and suddenly, like, the wall slides, and it's, like, looking at the guy. So obviously there's some kind of secret door in the bathroom, and suddenly this 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 whatever that we are watching this point from its point of view comes up behind the guy and reaches out and touches his shoulder and we see that it's like really like gross looking like clawed hands and he's surprised and um so the guy turns around and he screams and but before we don't see what what's just made him scream besides just the hand and so right 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 so um you know back on the dance floor the girl i guess it's been a minute and she realizes you know he hasn't come back so she goes to look for him she goes kind of into this back hallway of the of the disco um, and, uh, she's looking for him and, um, all of a sudden she kind of, uh, stumbles on this, on this kind of dark, you know, doorway that seems just to go into the darkness and, and, you know, she seems kind of confused by it. And, and before she can react all of a sudden, like a bunch, like, you know, at least, you know, four or five pair of arms, uh, reach out of the darkness. It's really that this is kind of decently done because like you don't see, you only just see the arms, uh, and they're all like again gross kind of clawed, gnarled looking arms. Uh, reach out of the darkness and they grab her and she screams and before she can you know react and run away, they pull her into the darkness of the of the you know room or whatever the hallway that this door is leading to. And then you hear like ripping and tearing noises and like eating mm-hmm. noises. And then all of a sudden, uh, like from the darkness, her severed head rolls out, um, nice. from the darkness. And then it's all of a sudden like pulled back in. Uh, and then we cut to, that sounds like it's well done. Yeah, it's decent. I mean, like I said, some of the stuff like inside the club is kind of hard to tell. Like when they're dancing, it's a little fuzzy and like, you know, the lighting could have been a bit better, but like for what it is, I, they did a good job with that opening. Um, we get a title card, um, you know, Candles of the Blood Disco, and then the opening credits, um, as a lot of these uh, Italian movies like to do, it's over. Um, you have, like, a guy driving, like, a convertible through Rome at night. Of course. Uh, and so he's driving his convertible through Rome at night. He arrives, parks, arrives at a, his apartment, and once he's inside, he's on the phone. And through the phone call, kind of, we learn information about him, Um that his name's Greg. Obviously, uh, he speaking English. He's an American author um, who's been brought to Rome to lecture for a semester at a university in the city. And he's like, "Oh yeah," and you know, they got me set up in this great you know apartment, and I was able to rent this sweet you know this this cool convertible. And he's like, "It's going great. I'm loving it here." So he overall just seems chill, um, seems happy. Uh, next day, he's at a college, at, his co- at the college he's going to be at, and he's giving a talk, he's giving a lecture, and the whole time when he's talking, he's talking about, like, you know, writing stuff. Um, this hot girl in the in the lecture hall is looking at him and kind of giving him eyes. Um, nice. And we cut, and it's, like, Greg, and he's getting groceries at a little shop, um, and he's paying for his groceries, and before he goes, the, there's, uh, there's an old shopkeeper up front who hands him a little, like, crucifix necklace. Um... And, like, again, with, with Italian movies, I don't know if you know this, but, like, especially, like, giallo horror and spaghetti westerns, they're always, like, um, they always just film it all without sound and then go back and dub it over. Um, I did not know that. Yeah, they so that's, like, an easy way to put it into English, to be able to sell it to English markets. So it's dubbed over in English. 
Um, so, you know, it's kind of very awkward dialogue in that regard. <laughs> this, it's not, as in terms of Giallo, it's not the best. It, it, it's dubbing seeming realistic. And right. especially like the performance of the of the dubbing voice actors that they got. So like the, the the old shopkeeper gives him a crucifix, and he's very kind of awkwardly says like, "It's good to have some holiness in your pocket." Um, when he gives him the the crucifix, and Greg is like, "Yeah, thanks." And he and he and he puts the the cross necklace in his pocket. Uh, the next day, back at the university, Greg's doing some more teaching, and that girl is there again, looking at him, giving him horny eyes. Uh, and is it like? Like an Indiana Jones? Yeah, kind of like that. Oh, nice. Um, and after class, uh, she comes up to him, and uh, they start talking, and she reveals that her name's Sophia, and she's like a student there, and she's a fan of his work. She says she's a fan of his work. And um, basically, she ends up in inviting him out that night because her and her friends are going to some exclusive disco club, um, and she wants Greg to come, and Greg agrees because it's another thing in these Italian movies. It's like, yeah, basically, like anyone's just down to fuck anyone in these movies. Perfect. Uh, so we cut and back at his apartment. Um, Greg uh, is getting dressed for the night out. You know, he's putting on a nice. He puts on like a nice big, um, like uh, he puts on what? What's the material? I'm trying to think of. I guess like a satin kind of shirt. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Like a real disco-y satin shirt. Well, like silk? Yeah, like a really shiny kind of satin oh, silk, silk shirt. Yeah, baby. Um, and, you know, he's got the big flare pants. Um, he's nice. got the big, like, you know, kind of, like, poofy, uh, you know, hair. Uh, and, uh, you know, he has a, uh, he's playing his stereo, kind of like, you know, looking at himself in the mirror. There's a knock on the door. And um, it's this uh, old mean neighbor from next door, this kind of, uh, you know, mean guy. And he's like uh, yells at Greg about the volume of the stereo. And we have a pretty good, um, pretty good uh, a line here. Uh, he says, too loud. Turn it off, young peacock. Uh, <laughs> uh, so he kind of yells at Greg and he says he mentions something. And he's like, I got to make deliveries tonight. Turn that down i'm trying to relax before i have to go um and so you know then he like just suddenly slams the door and walks off so it's like very short conversation um and so greg kind of like shakes it off and then before he leaves he he goes and picks up the the crucifix necklace off the off the table and he kind of just shrugs his shoulder and puts it on around his neck kind of underneath his shirt um and we cut and uh so greg in his convertible goes and pulls up and uh, picks up Sophia, um, and so they go and drive and park, and they meet Sophia's two friends. Um, it's a couple. It's a guy and a girl. Sophia. It's a guy and a girl. Um, nice. Alberto and Gianna, and the way they're kind of characterized is like Alberto is kind of like a, he's kind of like a klutzy uh, like nerd almost, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like awkward, um, and then Gianna is kind of like the the like ditzy girl. Um, so they're both kind of like awkward and, and, and dumb in their own way. And so uh, they are kind of like walking down the street and just talking when suddenly um, like this guy comes up and he kind of like bumps into the shoulder of Sophia and, and it's revealed and she, they start talking and arguing and it's revealed that he's like uh, Sophia's like former boyfriend. 
Um, and he's basically, he's basically mad. He's, you know, he's like, oh, you're with some stupid older American. What a, what it, you know, it's like, yeah, I should, you know, like I should have expected this out of you, you know, that kind of thing. And he also calls her like, you just dumb little spoiled rich girl. Uh, and so, and so, you know, he's obviously upset and Greg, you know, steps in and he's like, Hey, back off, man. Uh, very, you know, stilted, like, (laughs) you know, argument scene. Um, and before he leaves, the ex threatens, and he's like, you're going to get what's coming to you, jerks. Um, so already kind of like weird, you know, way that he phrased that, you know, they, you, you're kind of like hinted at, oh, maybe he's, maybe this guy's he's like, cannibal. maybe this guy is involved in something. Yeah. So um, they get to this disco again, you know, kind of hidden in this back alley. But once they get to it, you know, neon sign, and there's kind of like a line of people waiting by the door, um, and they're able to get in, and they... Um, you know they're dancing on the dance floor it's kind of like it's like a five minute scene of just them like dancing to like italian disco music nice. uh you know plenty of like strobe light colors and you know disco ball uh you know and sophia's really really giving the works to greg and he's getting real he's getting real nice. uh horned up um oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah but while they're dancing greg notices kind of from a side door he sees his uh grumpy neighbor making some sort of delivery actually to the disco and immediately obviously he's kind of suspicious he's like oh what's he doing here he's making some sort of delivery uh but he kind of shrugs it off because you know sophia's being hot and he's horny uh um but then greg goes to the bartender and another great uh awkward line greg is like give me the good stuff and the bartender you know agrees and he's but the but he says be careful the stuff is good but it kicks like a donkey in heat <laughs> I just love like these kind of like you know trying to make it sound like I don't know it's just like this weird like translation of like trying to make it sound natural but it ends up just sounding very strange the way they say all these lines um and uh I did want to mention I don't know if you're aware of this but it, it's a big trope so it does follow um with all these uh, especially giallo movies they always not always but a lot of them a vast majority of them the protagonist in them always is often like oh uh an american person or like a a a british person or you know something like that who's who's staying or visiting in rome or italy and they're here and they end up getting in you know seeing some seeing some horrible crime and getting involved uh by you know being involved in trying to solve it or you know the killer and is after them uh so obviously the stuff with greg kind of fits that uh because he's like the whole american trope it's like a weirdly specific trope that a lot of these movies hmm. follow um, so it's like it's always like a tourist yeah involved in it, it, shit it, it, it heavily involves like a yeah normally like a tourist as the protagonist or or some foreigner um huh. so yeah so uh he drinks greg drinks the the drink and there's kind of like for a minute they do like weird like I guess it's kind of like early video effects, kind of like kaleidoscope effect after he drinks the drink. And so... Because that's what it's like when you're drunk. Right. Well, I thought for a second they were going to do some sort of like thing where it's like, oh, he's been drugged and, you know, that he's going to get attacked or something. But no, I mean, it, it never like... The, the alcohol never comes into play. I guess the director is just like... Or he's just like, hey, check out this cool video shit we can do <laughs> when when he drinks this drink. We'll, we'll, we'll make it happen. Wait, I got this friend who's got this cool technology. Yeah, he's got this really great video editing system. Uh, so meanwhile, um, Alberto, the kind of dorky, uh, guy from the friend group right. goes into the hallway of the disco cause he, he wants to kind of like, you know, get some air and, and he wants to smoke. But again, he's like a, 
klutzy nerdy guy so he keeps like fumbling and dropping his cigarette doing some like you know slapstick comedy you know he'll do he did this thing where he like drops it and he goes to pick it up and the, but when he's going to pick it up he accidentally kicks it and rolls it farther away oh, of course that of course. thing and then oh is he like leading himself down an alleyway to the cannibals yeah so yeah yeah nice. exactly um and he, he even he gets his lighter and he tries he, he keeps trying to light it but it's not lighting uh so he's like well, really wet on the ground obviously but he's really holding the lighter and he finally gets it to light but because he's like so like focused on trying to get it to light uh it, it ends up burning him uh and he drops hmm. the lighter but and like you said as he goes to pick up the lighter because uh, it slid down the hall all of a sudden out of this other hidden door that kind of just opens up from the hallway um a body drops out of the drops out of the doorway oh um, shit. and it's They're just being reckless huh it's just some like random guy we, we've never seen. It's just like he's dead and it's kind of like his torso like and, you know it's like they make it look like uh, it's like ripped open and there's like kind of like guts hanging out nice. and stuff like that. Um, and obviously Alberto is like freaked out and he screams and he turns around to run, but all this but in his way he, when he turns around, it's this it, we get the reveal of one of the cannibals and it's like they really they're really going for like the like you know troglodyte cannibal kind of trope because it's like he's like this creepy kind of deformed looking and he's like bald uh and he's got like he's got like bare, he's mostly naked except for this like this is like a ripped like remnants of a shirt and then kind of like a loincloth kind of thing almost uh and he's got like sharp teeth um oh, nice. and so he starts in claws and he starts running at him um and so meanwhile back on the dance floor uh back on the dance floor uh gianna you know kind of realizes alberto isn't around and she starts asking greg and sophia um if they've seen him are you there mm-hmm. okay yeah, sorry. sorry uh so they asked him if they if he's seen him and they can't find him so they decide okay well we're gonna we're gonna try to figure this out and greg is like well i saw my weird neighbor actually i saw him come in here and he's kind of like a weird creepy guy and, may, and Greg's kind of thinks something might be going on with that. Like, he doesn't mm-hmm. really know, but he says it just to, like, say, get it out there. And so they all kind of decide to try it's to... It's a red herring, isn't it? Well, it's, maybe, Austin, you might be onto something there. As these films are, are want to do a good red herring misdirect. I do uh, love a, a good misdirect. Uh, anyway, um, so they all decide to look for Alberto, and Sophia's kind of, like, looking around the dance floor to make sure he's not out there. Uh, but who does she run into? Her ex, who's also inside the club now. And he kind of ends up quartering her on the dance floor. And he's being real creepy, bad vibes, get, real Cuomo vibes. Uh, oh. And he kind of corners her. And he's like pinned her against the wall almost. Uh, and he starts like leaning in to try to kiss her. Uh, and we cut oh, away. God. And Greg and Gianna, who they kind of end up running into each other. And they discover um, Alberto's body because uh, they open like a little like side closet just kind of looking around and it's just like stuffed inside the side closet closet and it's like bloody and cut open and obviously like kind of made to look like you know he's been like cut into and starting to be eaten um and so obviously like they're freaked out they run back into the into the main part of the disco uh greg runs and finds sees sophia uh being you know cornered by the ex trying to kiss her and he he runs up and, and punches the ex um, and they kind of get into an argument and this kind of stuff. And, you know, Greg Greg accuses the ex of killing Alberto. He's like, you must have done this. You, you know, you're crazy or something. Um, and obviously the ex denies it. 
and he's like, you know, I'll, we got the proof. We found, we found Alberto. He's dead. Um, oh shit. And so they go and they show the X, the body. But, uh, when they get to it, um, they're all kind of like standing around to show the X, the body, all, um, four of them with the X included. Um, they hear a mm-hmm. scream, um, and they follow it down the hall and they find this, what, it's really hard to tell. They have all these passageways, and I can never tell if it's supposed to be, like, the same one or not, but I think it's supposed to be. Because, like, I, I I mean, unless there's, like, a ton in this one hallway or set of hallways. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so there's, like, a passage, uh, and Greg and Sophia and Gianna, you know, after hearing the scream, they're like, we got to go, you know, figure out what's going on down there, because apparently they're really stupid. Um <laughs> Uh, the ex though is like somewhat smart and he's kind of wary. So as like Greg and Sophia and Gianna like enter the passageway, the ex is standing behind. He's like, guy, I don't know about this. I don't, I don't know. Uh, and um, they leave his sight, you know, into the passageway. And suddenly uh, we see a, a clawed hand kind of come up from behind, oh, and fuck. it slits the ex's throat. Oh uh, shit! With a claw? Yeah, he's kind of well, not like you know, like like long, like claw, sharp finger, you yeah, know, claw, yeah. like. Cl- Almost like, you know, deformed fingernails sort of thing. And it slits his throat, and he's dragged off. His, like, blood is kind of, like, gurgling out of his mouth. These uh, guys sound like Reavers from Firefly. I've never seen that show. I, well, I, I saw one episode, and it was like, Well, we're sure are some space cowboys. God damn it. Darn it. Rootin' tootin'. Let's wrangle a cow with a spaceship. Every time you talk about Firefly, it's so abundantly clear that you've only seen one episode. Well, that's how the one episode I saw was. I just want to know which one. I'm seen, a, the honestly. first one. There, you I'm all hour and a half of the first episode, and that's what you got from it. I don't know if it was an hour and a half, but it was definitely like the first one because they find that weirdo girl with like a learning disability or whatever inside the box or whatever. Oh, howdy. And they're Jesus like, Christ. don't want to give her back to some guys. Or it was like a long time ago. It was like like ten, five years ago or something. Yeah, I know. I can tell. Plus. Uh, I'm rewatching it right that's now. That's how it was. I don't know. I just like I remember a shot of literally a spaceship herding cattle or something, and I was like, well, "That's like really." Well, that's in the intro, and that's okay, like, yeah, that's like that's episode five because they're paid to move cattle off world. Okay, well, I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna make you rewatch it with me, maybe, if you're lucky. Uh, so where was I? <laughs> Right. Talking about slitting his throat, he's gurgling. Right, right. So we cut, so he's dead. He's gone. Um, we're in the passage uh, with uh, Greg and Sophia and Gianna, but they realize they turn back to look, and they realize the ex-boyfriend isn't with them. And so they try to turn back, and they're like, what happened to him? But they find that like the passage is completely closed, uh, and it's almost like locked them in. It's almost just like, you know, like flat stone wall. Like, the, like they're these like secret kind of like stone doors almost that like you know are kind of like hidden to the human eye normal human eye um so they're kind of stuck so like i guess we got to go down this passageway so they do and it's kind of like definitely getting the vibe from the hallway because like there's like a torch every once in a while and like Mm -hmm. the hallway are like stone and kind of like rock and it's very like you know they're they're very kind of like medieval sort of looking like you know tunnel and type of a thing um, and so they keep going down the passageway and Greg keeps saying like, uh, you know, you know, my creepy neighbor, he, he's got this, he's got to be involved in this. You know, I just got a bad feeling about him. Uh, he's coming out some kind of psycho going around killing people. 
Um, and then Gianna starts talking about, and she's like, you know, people I know used to used to tell stories about how in the city they would they would use it to scare kids so that they wouldn't stay out at night or you know sneak out at night. They're like they would say that there were secret passages all throughout the city that were you know really old and and that if you were out at night the pa- occasionally like a creature living in one of these passages would come out and and get someone and if anyone ever went into these passages they disappeared and were never seen again so it's like a baba yaga kind of thing sort of or Just like to scare a, the children that mixed with kind of like the like new york like sewer alligator type of oh, a thing yeah, yeah. Uh, and so they're saying all this, but then they suddenly come across in kind of like an opening where the passageway kind of forks. Um, they, they come across the body of the neighbor guy that Greg has been talking about, the weird neighbor guy. And he's alive, but he's screaming because he's literally like surrounded by like three of these cannibals and they're like digging into him and like pulling like meat out of him. Oh my God. And he's like alive. Uh, and so he's like, ah, um... And so it's at this fork in the passageway, and they kind of freak out, and uh, Greg and Sophia run off down one hall, and Gianna um, kind of gets turned around, and so she ends up on her own running down the other hall. And of course, as you can guess now, Gianna trips, and her heel is like stuck between the cobblestones, so she can't move, and the cannibal approaches her and, and reaches her. And um, there's like a really quick shot, and all, this, this effect is kind of goofy. It looks very like... Uh, because it, it's this quick shot of it, like, tears her nose off and eats it, and then, like, pl- plucks one of her eyes out and eats it. But, like, when it pulls the nose off, it very much looks like, you know, like, like, Play-Doh, like, rubber nose no. getting, like, ripped off. Like a Groucho nose. It's very, like, gooey. Well, the nose is very, like, when it gets ripped off, it's very, like, gooey. It's like, why why was her nose so, like, soft and easily to be ri- easily ripped off? Uh, well, you, ever, you ever held a nose? It's, like, pretty soft. gooey. Well, this one, like, pulled off with, like, barely any... It's, like, it's like it was going to melt off her face already. Um, <laughs> so she's dead. Uh, Greg and Sophia, um, running down their hall in the tunnel or whatever, hear more cannibals behind them. They kind of uh, find this little, like, uh, offshoot um, place where they kind of, like, crouch down and hide. Um, and they hear the cannibals pass. And so, you know, Greg, obviously, now he's like, I don't even know what's happening. I was obviously wrong about my neighbor. Um, and Sophia seems really scared and they don't know what to do. Um, and, 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 uh, you know, Greg, ever the, ever the kind of, uh, player that he is, is like, well, if it's my last night, at least I got to spend it with you. That kind of shit. Um, right. I feel like they're trying to like, cause it's like made by an Italian guy. I feel like he's almost like trying to like copy what he thinks like Americans talk like. Uh, it's like, it's like that, um, that Japanese NES game that was like baseball and they tried yeah. to come up with like American like Rob McDyckel or whatever. Yeah, or like Bobson Dugnut. Yeah, so it's kind of, yeah, it definitely feels like he's trying to emulate like how a cool American guy would talk. So they, uh, they obviously don't have anywhere else to go, <laughs> so they just continue down this passageway. Um, and they eventually end up in this big kind of cavernous room, almost like it's been carved out of, out of like this rock. And it's almost like this big kind of ceremonial almost like this like underground like rock cathedral type room um and like all around the room are like smaller little doorways kind of like passageways even like going up because there's kind of like crude like stairs leading up and there's like it's literally like surrounding the entire room so it's kind of like a hive almost if you know what i mean does that make sense 
So they are in this room and they're like, oh my God. And they hear the noise of the cannibals coming and they, Greg kind of realizes, oh fuck, we're in like the, we're in like the most like inner part of this and we shouldn't we're be in the here. Sanctum. Right. He's like, we're in the fucking, we're in their bed, we're in their fucking house. We got to get out of here. And Greg is like, we got to run. But Sophia all of a sudden is kind of just like standing there and she doesn't, she's like, seems like disaffected. Uh, and so, you know, he's like, oh, is it like shock or something? What's going on with her? But all of a sudden she turns around and she's like, it, her demeanor is very much changed. And she starts laughing um, and she like starts stepping back, like towards the wall from Greg as Greg is kind of standing in the middle of this room. And uh, she starts laughing and she's like, <laughs> she starts, all the cannibals start kind of like coming out of these little passageways in the hall, in the, in the big room. And I, okay, so like I, they had to have like a lot, I guess, for this shot. Cause like, I don't know, I feel like the most you ever see at one time is maybe like 20, but like mm-hmm. on screen, that's still like a lot to see. Cause you've never seen that many. And I feel right. like some of them, they, they definitely like skimped out on like the, like, you know, making them look, like, weird and, like, creepy. Because, like, I swear some of them are just, like, straight up, like, naked guys and, like, uh, you know, the loincloth and they kind of, like, are put in the background while, like, the nicer-looking oh, ones yeah, yeah. are so put in the foreground. Yeah, so like... they, they, they kind of try to save some money. Uh, only the ones that you really see up close are the good-looking cannibals. Uh, and so, you know, all these, they start, they basically start coming out of these holes, are surrounding Greg, and all of a sudden, Sophia starts, of course, as, as as one wants to do in this situation, she starts kind of doing like a monologue. And she's like, she reveals that it was all set up. And she was like, I was never a student at the at the college at all. I, I came there to, uh, you know, I came there to, to, to find, to get you. And um, I brought you and those, and those two idiots here on purpose uh, as sacrifices. Um, oh and God. she starts explaining how, like, you know, long ago, centuries ago, in the dark ages here, um, my family, ru- my family uh, were rulers in this city. Um, what the fuck? Yeah, and so, I mean, that's kind of obvious. kind of like imperialist shit, where, like, she's trying to have, like, a dynasty, but of cannibals. Well, she's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like weird like history like where it's like oh she her family was some sort of like you know they controlled part of the city they were like these kind of like uh you know dark age kind of like nobility and she's like um the cannibals were you know once just simple townspeople you know subjects of my family in this part of the city and uh but my family we wanted we 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 wanted more we knew we were destined to for more power and so we made a deal with (laughs) she literally was like my family made a deal with satan and it to drive the subjects <laughs> underground and when they were driven underground their minds were torn and you know whatever they were turned they yeah, were turned the crazy and turned into these cannibals um and she's you know she's like you know now i am the i am the sole one left of my family and i must carry on our family lineage and our duty and i have to keep the cannibals fed because apparently like uh so it's like some sort of like weird thing where she's like, you know, d- this dark magic, as long as I keep these cannibals fed, as long as they're, you know, these perverse minions of, of Satan underground, uh, I my, pa- my family is guaranteed to stay in power. Um, so she made a deal with the devil to turn their enemies into cannibals. But because it's the devil, they have to feed these cannibals. Right. Basically, like they, they feed the cannibals and they stay in power. Uh, basically, yeah. I guess because Satan wanted some weird cannibals running around in underground caverns underneath Rome for some reason. Right, um, of and so, you know, she 
the club, you know, she's rich, and so, you know, she bought the club, and it's, like, a perfect way to get victims, because, like, you know, it's this dark club, and, you know, it's easy to, like, someone just to go missing once they're inside, and it's crowded. Right, um, yeah. No, I mean, honestly, it makes a lot of sense. It's no. like a murder hotel. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, it's very H.H. H. Holmes. And so, you know, all of this is just a plot to get, to be able to feed and set, give sacrifices to these cannibals underground. And so, you know, and she, she basically... She ends her monologue and she, you know, kind of signals all the cannibals because they obviously kind of like listen to her. She's able to kind of control them in a way. Uh, she she starts ascending. She sends them to attack Greg, but Greg, because he's a smart smart boy, uh, he he suddenly remembers and he pulls out and pulls off the crucifix necklace from under his shirt oh, and he nice. holds it up and obviously because i guess these like cannibals or whatever are like you know satanic well, created by the devil right so he holds up this crucifix and they all kind of like cower and like back away nice and and sophia's like no and she's like you can't escape but then so you know with the cannibals kind of held off for a second he runs he runs off and obviously you know as soon as he's run off and the crucifix is there the you know the cannibals run after him uh, you know, Sophia yells for them to run after him. Uh, you know, she's yelling like, "Go get him! Don't let him escape!" And so, you know, Greg ends up running down all these passageways, um, and eventually, like slowly, the passageways kind of turn into a, like a sewer. It's almost like you know, like the sewer is literally like kind of built connected to these passageways. Sure, sure. And um, he ends up uh, he ends up with a, finding a ladder, and he goes up, and it's literally a, like a manhole, like in the middle of a street. And he pushes it up, and he gets out of the manhole. But as he does, he accidentally drops. He's trying to, like, drag the uh, the manhole cover back so that these things can't fall. And he accidentally drops the crucifix, and it falls down um, uh, into the water and, you know, presumably washes away into the sewer. Um, so he lost his only defense. Right, but he's out of the, he's out of the tunnels now. He's back, well, that's up, good. he's back above ground. And so it cuts, and it's him arriving back at his apartment. Obviously, he's kind of like you know, tattered clothes and he's scared and he, and he runs in and, um, he tries to, he picks up the phone to try to call the police, but he picks it up and it's, there's not even a dial tone. It's like the phone line's been cut. And all of a sudden we hear like the noise and we hear like a, like of like a door, like a stone kind of like moving, you know, kind of like a stone door moving and he turns around and there's a cannibal. So it's like literally they have like passageways everywhere, even into like his house, I guess. Um, and so he's, you know, with cannibal right behind him, he screams and it's starting you know, pounces on him and the movie goes to black as we hear Sophia's laugh in the background. Damn. Okay. So that's cannibals of the blood disco. Well, what a fucking ending. I know. I mean, I'll be honest, it's a little, I mean, in terms of, like, plot holes, there's definitely some plot holes, because, like, you know, I'm thinking, like, uh, you know, why did she specifically go after, like, why did it matter that it was Greg and all this, but, like, you know, I don't know, I guess you could explain that away, I don't know, maybe she was just, like, you know, wanting to fuck with someone, or, I don't know, maybe she's, like, sadistic and just chose this random guy to fuck with to do this, or, you know. And then it's, but then it's like, you know, oh, well, if they have passageways literally into, like, people's homes, why don't they just, like, steal people from their homes? But, yeah, uh, like, why do they have to be lured? Yeah, I don't know, or but it's kind of like... maybe, like, she's stuck with him afterwards because, um, he, are, he, like, now that he knows about it, he's, like, a liability. I guess, yeah, but, like, you know, it's kind of just, like, dumb and goofy, um, Yeah, stuff, like, it doesn't actually so, matter. So, but, it, you know, it's, like, it's, like, dumb fun. 
and we can talk about it some more in just a second. Right after this. Austin, well, so you you, you okay. think that sounds enjoyable to you? Yeah, that sounds like a really fun time. Like that sounds like a fun like date night movie almost. Yeah, kind of. It's with it's, someone who would like have that sense of humor. Yeah, it's a it's a fun goofy uh, date night Italian horror movie. Now, Austin, um, Austin, I had an idea. Oh, I had an idea. Great. For this podcast. Let's hear it. Sitting to myself last night, I thought to my... Kind of not in the mood necessarily to watch a movie. I thought to myself, what if I were to create a movie? What if I were to make up a movie in my own mind? What if this What if this sham, what if this false falsified movie, what if I told it to Austin in a way into which I convinced him it was a real movie? In Austin, that is what I did. That is the plan I concocted. And that is the plan you were just privy to. You were just fell victim to. For Cannibals of the Blood Disco, Austin, does not exist in any shape or form. It is a mere creation of my imagination and my what mind. What you know, kudos to you, first off. Uh, but I was suspicious. Because I googled it while we were sitting here. See, I and there I, was no information. No, I get, about it. I could hear you, and I could tell, and I was hoping you would say something, because then I wanted to be like, well, you know, it was just released recently, and it was a very small label, so I don't even know if they have like stuff about it online. Uh, well, so, so in my head, it was like I was trying to find pictures of these cannibals. Right, right. Because that's what I do. Like when you're describing someone, I like look up pictures, because usually there's something. And when I Google Cannibals of the Blood Disco on Google Images, I get a bunch of stuff for Cannibal Corpse right. and for, like, random other cannibal movies and shit. And I'm like, damn, well, I guess, like, you know, she said it doesn't come, it didn't come out, like, it wasn't really released anywhere till last year. Um, so I was like, yeah, but then I was, like, looking a little more while you were talking and being like, well, shit, where did she even watch it then? Because nothing's coming up about this. Right. Well, I was hoping you would say something so then I could try to, like, explain it. But I – because I was, like I, – I weighed in my head. I was, like, should I just say, like, oh, and if you're looking up stuff of it, I, it's really hard to find. Because I felt that would be more suspicious than anything. Uh, so I was just, like, yeah, I'm just yeah. going to keep rolling and, 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 and hope he keeps buying it. Uh, Damn, you got so, me. That's good. So, so you were just – the real victim of tonight's horror was you as you fell – Pray to my nefarious, uh, nefarious, what disillusion and and uh, you, you're trying to trickery. I gaslighted and girl bossed you, and dear audience, did I let let us know? Hit us up on Twitter and let us know if I I tricked you as well. But uh, now now that the the implications that this has for the future of the podcast is pretty bleak. It, unreliable narrator. <laughs> 
Shit. Never will you know if I am telling the truth or spinning a mere yarn of disinformation. Ooh. Uh, I'm gonna have to probably start not coming though. Up with more specific well, questions, I, and then I, I'm gonna have to fact check them. Yeah, it's gonna be saying. it's gonna be you trying to figure out if no, but uh, I mean, I doubt I would do this again now that I've done it once, because like now, like obviously, you're, you would be like you would be uh, suspicious even more. Yeah, so. next week you're gonna like tell me about the movie, and I'll be like, all right, what year did this come out? And you're like, oh, right. 1983, and I'm like, okay, and what city did they do most of their filming in? Right. Uh, and then also, what kind of cameras did they use, and what you know, what um, uh, studio released this? And then I'm gonna like I mean, cross reference. I could probably me. find that information for some movies, but like even on real movies, I probably would say I don't <laughs> fucking know. Uh, but yeah, no, I this was just a fun one-off experiment because last night I was like, I don't really. I don't know. I was kind of busy and like I, I was like, I don't have time. I don't want to sit down and watch a whole movie. And I was like, well, what if I like just like made some shit up? and like did my best to like make a movie in my head um i literally wrote i literally just wrote like the plot of this movie like with like from like in like the hour prior to recording i just like oh sat God. down and like just like fucking thought it out uh is that why um when it hit seven and i texted you that i was ready like is that what you were still doing yeah yeah. You were finishing the movie. Right. And that's why <laughs> that's why it's like short and like has plot holes and shit cuz I was literally just like I don't know. <laughs> but I mean that kind of worked cuz it's kind of like within the tone of like the shitty horror movie. Man, you even got the like bad dubbing. Yeah, no, details. I tried. I was like, like I got to get some moments of like weird like shitty filmmaking in. and I was like I'll just add some like weird awkward lines. Yeah. And see, I'm disappointed that this is fake cuz I wanted to watch this. Oh no, I'd love to watch. I wish it was real. Uh, we can make it. But I, yeah, so, um, I just, this was a fun experiment that I thought I'd do, but yeah, I mean, you, you think it's a, think it's a solid, solid idea, Austin, for a movie? It's a solid idea, and honestly, we should, like, <laughs> I would love to like, make a shitty version of it. Right. Like, we could use my mom's basement as, like, for the bar scenes. Sure. Yeah, uh, no, I, I, I wish it was real, too. I mean, it sounds like a fun time in my own head uh that's why i made it up like that i literally and i also so i like wrote the plot but then i also literally have like i wrote like that background information because i was like i literally kept in mind i was like i need it to be like really recently released because so that like if he does look it up that he maybe like will believe he can't find a lot about it because it's new um and then yeah i just like added in the shit about like it being shot on tape and stuff because i was like that, that that sounds like a believable like thing to add in to make it real oh, absolutely so Damn, yeah, that's, that's i'm sorry i'm sorry i bamboozled you austin no, uh, no, it no, came no, out no, of no. my own it came out of my own laziness for not knowing what to do with this week's episode no honestly props to you because it was very believable thank you uh yeah an audience let me know did, did you buy it or were you a skeptic uh but, and, um, and what did you think would you watch cannibals of the blood disco if it were a real movie yeah and um audience also let us know if i should continue to do the podcast with someone who i can't trust who's a liar a <laughs> filthy liar no so it was between either doing this or i thought about um instead i was like or what if i was like austin so like tomorrow for the episode what we're but we're going to pitch we're going to f like brainstorm our own ideal version of munchie strikes back um <laughs> 
And and so like I was gonna be like, come up with like stuff that you would want in a Munchie sequel, and I'll come up with stuff. And then on the podcast, we'll just like live brainstorm and like beat it, figure out like the plot of a of a Munchie sequel. Um, and then 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 next week, I was like, then I'll watch the actual sequel, and you know, talk, we'll talk about it the next week, and, and we can kind of like compare and contrast to to our to our pretend Munchie sequel. But I was like, I I don't know, I fun. I was kind of worried that like not enough people like. Like no one who hasn't already listened to our Munchie episode would listen to that episode, and oh, so right. I was kind of it would be no one's first episode. Yeah, I, I was kind of worried about that, and so that led me to deciding to do the make up a movie and try to convince you I that it's real. Like, I feel like if we did like brainstorm stuff for a Munchie sequel, we could totally hit some shit right on the head. Honestly, probably, probably. Um, did I ever tell you? So there's my cousin tells the story of like. Uh, some like shitty apocalypse movie that he watched with friends and like there's like a snow globe and whenever the snow globe gets shaken it's like another horrible natural disaster uh-huh or some shit i can't even remember my cousins like always like loved watching shitty movies like that growing up and so he was watching this movie and they like started being able to predict what the next event was gonna be just like so at one point his friend was like Brooks, what do you think the next natural disaster is going to be? Because it was like wild shit, right? Right. And he just goes, I don't know, ground spikes. And they're like, what the hell does that mean? And sure <laughs> enough, the next thing that happened are giant stone spikes just coming out of the ground and impaling shit. Wow, that's impressive. So like, I feel like it would be like that if we made a Munchie sequel prediction. It's like, yeah, we're just going to get everything right. Yeah, fair enough. Munchie's going to harass someone, you know, like... It would just be good. Yeah. Anyway, sorry audience, sorry Austin, for the for the misdirection and illusion, but I hope you enjoyed it nonetheless. Oh, I did. And that was my fake movie, Italian horror movie from the seventies, Blood Disco or Cannibals of the Blood Disco. It's false. No way. Not this time. We created it. Not this time. No. Not this time. It's totally made up. Pure fiction. It's fiction. It's fiction. We made it up. We made this one up. It's a made-up tale. It's a total fabrication. It never happened. It never happened. This one was invented by a writer. Not this time. It never happened. It's false. It never happened. It's a fake. It's fiction. It's an urban legend that never happened. No way. We got you. Not a chance. Not this time. It never happened. It never happened. We made this one up. It's fiction. We made up this one. We made it up. Not this time. Wrong. Not this time. Not this time. You're wrong. Not this time. It never happened. Well, uh, yeah, a bit of a shorter episode this week, but I feel that's all right. Yeah, it's okay. Short, shorter because I literally what you heard from the movie is the only thing that fabricated I, yeah movie. i didn't have to cut anything out of the plot or uh or or the plot the plot was the bearish bones that i needed it to be uh, yeah you created a falsehood and it worked yeah anyway um so speaking of speaking of fun new stuff for the show austin i, I this is me telling you but also the audience for the first time i i've got big plans for for next month uh, oh, ne- the episodes for next month. Uh, I don't want to reveal too much yet. I can talk, tell you about it some behind the scenes afterwards. But uh, yeah. but I'll just say this for now on the rec- on the podcast recording that uh, 
uh, next month's uh, episodes are going to have a central theme, uh, a relevant central theme, and I think it will be a fun time. It's going to allow for some episodes of me explaining stuff outside of just movies. There will be some movie episodes, but uh, at least one or two of the episodes will also be, if as long as things go according to plan, other uh, things for me to explain as well. So hope you look forward to that, Austin, and I can tell you more in just a minute once we stop recording what I got in mind, and I hope the audience looks forward to that as well. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? I'm looking forward to it. Good. Glad that you are. You know, just trying to just trying to keep the show fresh. Dynamic, maybe. Dy- dynamic and mix, mixing it up, mixing and matching and ripping and rapping, as they say. I'll say. You know? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Look forward to that. Uh, any final thoughts for this week's episode, Austin? Uh, sometimes if I look at my belly button for too long, it freaks me out. Just thinking about how it used to be connected to another living being that was your mother? Well, that and, like, they just kind of look weird. Yeah. Like, I, especially your own. And, like, sure. if you, like, touch it and, like, move it, move it around and it shit, feels it's, like, weird. it's like, why is this here? Like, I hate it. Sure. But it would be weirder without it. That's true. You know, um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird how, like, I don't know exactly the science, you know, medical technique behind belly buttons, but, like, so, like, once they, like, cut it off from the mother, the umbilical cord, it's kind of like they just, what, like, just kind of, like, tie it off and they press They literally it, tie it off. Tie it off and press it inside you? Like, that's kind of weird. Like, that what yeah, is, right. is there, like, a bun- is there, like, a weird, like, dead part of it just, like, inside me, sort well, of? I mean, probably not. You know, it's probably scar tissue, basically. It's still, it's weird. It's like, but like, it's like a man-made little hole. Yeah, like you have a doctor that literally chooses whether or not you're gonna have an innie or an Audi. Yeah, do you have an innie or an Audi? Mine's an innie. Me too. I, I don't like, know the last time I met someone with an Audi. Yeah, they're what we like to call fuck up babies because the doctor really fucked up. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, it's supposed to be an innie, and if it's an Audi, that means the doctor really screwed the pooch. And really I fucked the dog there. Really had sex with a dog. And I really like having an any because I can store like a penny in it. Or like, I put some like lucky charms in there occasionally. I put a little tic tac in there. Or maybe two if I'm good. If I've it, put a tic tac in yours before. Oh, really? That's yeah. nice. I snuck it. You know, this stuff about umbilical cords and how weird and belly buttons and how weird it is. You know, that it really just is driving home why I'm a real proponent of uh, egg-based birth. An egg-based birth is clean, you know? It's a completely self-contained little egg, and once the thing comes out of it, it's completely, you know, closed up, whole, ready to go. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got this weird fucking cord you have to cut that leads to a weird little whole scar in our body. It's like, you know, a chicken or a bird, that thing is closed up completely, except for, you know, the normal orifices. No weird extra opening that has to heal. That's that's why I like a good egg. That's why I think birds are superior. That's why I like, and platypuses. Platypi. They do egg. They're the, they smartest, they're the smartest animal mammal because they do egg. They figured it out. Well. And they have poison. Yep. Yep. And they live in Australia. <laughs> Is that where they are? Or or the tri-state area. That's true. Well, uh, well thank thanks you everyone. for listening to this episode. I uh, hope I bamboozled you. 
And Got him. we'll see you next time on Peyton's Joker Trick Hour of Tricks and Illusions. Ooh, 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 ooh. Well, shit, I think I'm on the wrong podcast. <laughs> I, thought, I thought this was explaining to Austin. Um, goodbye. Who's watching my girl?